Welcome to the Business of Being a Woman, the podcast where we share the honest and sometimes messy truth of navigating life as a woman who wants more. I'm Hannah, a naturopath and human design coach for women in business. And I'm Phoebe, a women's self-love, mindset and business coach. In a world of tired women settling for good enough, we're asking and answering the uncomfy questions that will help you raise the standard of how you experience yourself, your body, your relationships, your business and your life. It's time to do what women do best. Let's talk some shit. (laughs) Welcome back to the potty, ladies. We're going to talk about being in business and becoming a mum or managing both of those very intense things. (laughs) Yes. I have a little girl, one-year-old. Well, what do we call it? 13, 14 months now. The months never end. And Hannah is one day going to bless the world with a little pudding. So little pudding. <laughs> we want to talk about, yeah, just oh, I feel like there's so much to talk about. All of the the negative, intense beliefs we get told about like what you can't do once you become a mom and also the genuine intensity of both of those things and juggling them both. And then a lot of like, yeah, where do we slow down? Where do we put the energy? It's a lot. Mm. Mm. It is a lot. Yeah, I'm currently doing it. Can confirm it is a lot. Uh, and I'm currently thinking about it. And it's and already, already a lot. feeling like it's a lot. <laughs> oh, it's literally like, it's my two favorite things because I love, like, I love motherhood so much and I love just spending time with my kid. And I feel like it's just, even that part is not spoken about enough. There's so much negativity about how exhausting being a parent is and how hard it is and all the things you can't do. And, you know, like I hear you and see you and love you. Like when you're in that, it's hard, but it's also like, yeah, for me, I'm just like, it's mostly like so bloody beautiful and cool. And if you can get a handle on the things, like, yeah, it's this just so expansive and delicious. It's been my mm. favourite my favorite business journey so far. Haven't thrown a baby in the mix. <laughs> mm. And you've been a good example of like you can do both mm. and have both and it's not going to – like it hasn't slowed you down if anything. Sped That's because Remy's a manifester and you're an open throat and it just <laughs> speeds things up for you. Yeah, it's been a wild ride. Thank you, Remy, for really like filling out me chart there and yeah. probably, yeah, maybe exhausting me in different ways. <laughs> but it's been so cool. I think like, yeah, you firstly, when you have a baby, you have like this new fire in your belly of like, I'm not just creating things for me anymore. I'm creating this for my family. And, you know, I've had a husband for a while before I had a baby, but it, it changes the game into now we're a family when you have a kid as well. And I think that adds a lot of, it can add a lot of pressure if you're feeling it the wrong way. I think, but for me, it just was so expansive. I was like, fuck yeah, I just get to like, I want to be home with this little girl like all day, every day. So I'm so excited to make all of these big dreams work so that we can all be together. And that mm. just gets to be the best feeling ever. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I'm like, if you ever, like, when you're growing up, everyone asks you, like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I always used to answer that with a mum. Oh, like, that's so cute. All I ever wanted to be was a mum. Mm. I had, like, I always knew I wanted a career and everything. Like, I loved my academics and learning. But, like, the thing I was always certain on was, like, I want to be a mum. And in my first, like, really serious relationship, I was just like, give me a ring, give me the home. <laughs> Not let's have a baby. Um, and there was a bit of an age gap. Like I was definitely younger and I was the one that was like, I am ready <laughs> to settle down. 
and um, wasn't the right person for me. Bit of a twin flame moment. Oh, yeah, cute. So lots of lessons learned in that one. Um, but even pre- like relationships after that, I was always just like, yeah, I'm just like, can't wait to be a mum. And then I met Wally. And Wally, who's my now current partner, fiancé, he was the first person where I was like, oh, like, I don't want, no, 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 I'm not ready. Like, I don't, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it. And since I've been with Wally, I've like actually had a lot of fear around being a mum. And at first glance, you probably think, oh, that's the wrong person for you then. Like (laughs) that's, and it's actually the opposite because he's been the first person that I'm like, that I've really, has given me the belief in myself and has helped me heal people pleasing behaviors, martyrdom, all of these sorts of things and just being like, what do you want to do with your life? Like what, like, and something that he loved in me was my ambition, my drive, my desire to grow and evolve and try new things. And so he's the really, the first person where I really set out on a mission to like create something and to be of service and to leave a legacy in my work. Mm. And so that really, like, I feel like the last like four years with Wally has been me navigating and like learning as a human what I want, what I like, rather than focusing on my partner and like self-sacrificing for my partner, which was my style in relationships. <laughs> I just, what they needed, I'd deliver, I'd cook all their meals. I'd just give, 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 give and help them and never look at me and how I could grow or how I could flourish. And so this has been the first relationship where, yeah, I've had to have been like, oh, okay. Like he doesn't need me to do anything for him. I don't need to look after him. So what do, what do I want? And it's been really funny because like the last two years, I'd say, or definitely in the last year since we moved to Perth away from like everyone we knew, I've just had so much freedom because I'm away from everyone I know and there's, I don't have events on. I don't have anyone asking me to hang out. It's just like, Hannah, what would you like to do? Like, and it's yeah. the same because that was the first time I left a part-time job as well as my clinic job. And I went all online with my business came to Perth could work and do whatever I wanted to do and I'm just like man I've just had so much freedom that now I'm like so scared of like giving that up losing the freedom is losing the freedom going back to I mean so much of my work right is about this like self-sacrificing and breaking free of the martyr paradigm for women and I'm just like man because it's like you're Technically, like, you need to put your kids' needs first. <laughs> you know, that's, like, kind of a sign of a good mum. But I think it's a much more nuanced conversation around that. Yeah. But then I also feel like I'm at this, like, pinnacle moment in, like, my career and my service and impact in my business that there's a part of me that I'm having these two completely different deep urges and both feel true. And, like, one of them is, like, let's go let's build an empire let's change the goddamn world for women in the workplace and women in business yes. <laughs> let's get some relaxed <clears throat> energized alive women out there and then I have this deep urge for like let's buy a home and I'm gonna have my veggie patch and slow down and live a really slow wholesome life yes. and I'm like which one and I feel like I have to choose and so every time this like topic of like Wally's being so clucky particularly since we got engaged and I'm like, I don't want to be pregnant at the wedding. Like, <laughs> you know, walls up, fence up. No, thank you. Um, but I like, he's just been so clucky. And so I'm like, after the wedding, like we're going to start trying. And so as we started having these conversations, like I would just break down in tears. Yeah, it was the, the strangest fear. thing. Like it shocked me 
And then Wally's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I want to be a mum. Why am I so afraid of it? And I think because I've seen all of the women in my life who have, like, become a mum, they have, like, even if they've been career-focused, they've been, like, they've let that go. Mm. And they, they actually don't want it anymore. And I'm so afraid of not wanting yeah. the business anymore. That's like, such a good, so like, afraid. nuance as well because it's, like, the fear is that we can't do it. It's actually not you can't. It's will you want, want to? to? Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that's – and because I'm, like, that's a part of myself, my ambition and drive that I really deeply love. Mm. It's, and it's a massive part of, like, your identity that you've chosen and that you want to be in. So it's, like, who am I if I become this, you know, just stay-at-home mum or whatever? Like, is that – Still me and will I ever come back? Will I ever come back to myself? Mm. So I feel like I've been like going through like, I feel like I'm coming out well and truly the other side of it and I've just, I'm in a really peaceful place about it and surrendered about it mm. and trust myself and everything. But like, yeah, I'd say maybe one to two months ago, man, I was like, I was grieving. Like I was literally grieving like my mate, like my, the mate in me. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. So intense, but good, like good to process that because I think, it's just such a normal part of our society. We get pregnant, we have a baby, like that's what we're meant to do. And I think so many women like just find them, like wake up one day in motherhood and are just like, who the fuck am I and what do I want? And like that to learn during motherhood how to unwrap your people pleasing and all those sorts of things, like that's a rough game. Highly recommend working on that before you get there. <laughs> like like most, like so many women are having to go through that process during motherhood and I think that's where the freedom comes in is like for me I feel like I still have a lot of freedom holding a business holding a baby because emotionally energetically I feel very expansive and free and there's a lot of space in there I'm not I'm not giving much energy away to things that are you know from old conditioning or like expected of me or anything like that like all I focus on all my energy is in are the things I choose every day and what I want. And I think that if you're lucky enough to have gone through so much of that healing before you get there, like you, you do get to have that. And if you are in motherhood and you do not feel like you have that space, like just note that's the path to me. That's the path, like start healing all those things and creating that space. And then there is enough room for the things that you want, but there's not enough room if you also hold no boundaries, if you also feel all this guilt about what you should do, if you also take on everyone else's opinion, if you also don't trust yourself, like all of the heaviness of that shit is what exhausts you in motherhood. Like chasing a kid, a little bit tiring, like holding deep guilt about everything, way more tiring. Like that is where, you know, our energetic space gets so sucked up. And I think that's why that's why the common story is that parenting is so hard and so exhausting and there's no room for anything else and you can't have both those things and there isn't any freedom. And then there are people out there doing it and having that freedom. And like I have that, I feel like I have heaps of freedom. I genuinely at least a few times a week look at my kid and I'm like, you're just here like 24 seven now. And my life feels cool still. <laughs> and I think you've been very healing for me too. Cause I look at you and I'm like, God, she's like, because we're in the same mastermind together. And so you're always like, this is what I've done this week. And I'm just like, holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like we always say, I'm just like, I froth your execution. Like how hey, you get stuff done. Yeah. <laughs> and 
There was someone else I was listening to, I can't remember who it was, a podcast a couple of months ago and they were talking about they um, their business actually like exponentially grew once they became a mum because they had less time. And it's like if you want something done, give it to someone like a busy person or someone without that doesn't have the time. Yeah. It's, and it was just more like how you become so much more intentional if you choose to mm. with how you use your time yeah. in when you like when with your business or and you really focus on the simplifying and like the 20% and it's like it actually is, yeah, this beautiful. You find that level of efficiency and like you just like you you literally don't have the energetic space the for dumb stuff. So you're like I just I don't fucking play with that stuff. Mm. I remember, yeah, me and like Catherine from Manifestation Babe, we had mm. our babies around the same time. And I remember her posting one day that she, for her business, she always thought of every single activity as like, is this worth going away from my son for? And I was like, oh, that fucking hits. Like that's so serious. Mm. When you think about the times when you're like piss farting around in Canva or some shit, you're like, was this worth missing an hour with my tiny child that I'll like never get to see that hour again like no get me a damn VA like get me like sort my shit out and like clean these things up and stop fluffing around on I feel like there's a bit less self-sabotage and stuff because you just you got no time for your own shit you got no time for anyone else's shit and if you want your life to feel roomy and expansive you just don't yeah you just can't be playing with like the old nonsense that you may be used to so true I hadn't thought about it like that Mm. I hadn't thought about it like that. Sure. But I feel like they're like the two vehicles. If there's anything that's going to like make you grow as a human outside of like your intimate relationship, it's going to be having a business and having a child. Yeah. The growth of having a child is like so much and so big and I personally loved it so much. I think because I am a growy person and I've been through enough growth now that I always know it's beautiful on the other side so even when I'm in the shit of it I'm like okay like here we go this is gonna be good so I can love it but again a lot of people are going into that and just being hit like a fucking ton of bricks with the growth being like didn't ask for this didn't know we had to go through it but thank you for that um but yeah it's to go through the growth of both of those things at the same time I think is really beautiful as well because like it makes you really prioritize and it makes you see how strong you are and it makes you see how much you can handle and it makes you see what you want to handle and what's worth handling and I think you know even in the world of you know working nine to five or having side businesses and stuff I know a lot of people who have kids and then they do like drop their side business or they do you know go on maternity leave for a really long time and I think that you're interests do change but I think that if you have a business you're really passionate about it just gets more fired up and more energized and it's such a cool and exciting balance to your identity through that time but in saying that there's absolutely well for me anyway I don't want to say what it's like for anyone else there's absolutely a period of time where like all you want to do is just that nesting just be at home and like be in in your love bubble and really honor that and I think there's always that urge and maybe urgency to get back to your business but just I loved having I think I took like four full months where I just didn't I think I posted on Instagram like that was kind of it and it was beautiful loved it had to kind of hold myself there a bit but loved it Mm. and did you know like was it a clear in terms of like when the right time to come back to business was I think I think in my mind I'd planned 
Well, I'd kind of set myself up for like I got to start working again when I wanted to. So I didn't have like a set date that I had to or anything. And for me, it was more like I probably got to like the the first two months. I just so was in the bubble and didn't want to be anywhere else at all. Like that was just so delicious and where I wanted to be. And then I started to feel that real like, oh, like let, let me at it, like in the probably the third month. And then I think I think I started working pretty much in the fourth month, little bits, like small amounts, but it was it was that really pure, excited urge of like, oh, like let me get my hands on these projects and ideas that I have and things I really want to do. So it was really organic and, and delish. And I think that probably, I think all, if I could put it down to something, it was just going to be how much support I had. Like I had so much room in that time. My husband was off work for like four whole months and then he was working from home and like we had other support, you know, I didn't have all of that mental space taken up by like the guilt and the boundaries and the people pleasing and all that other stuff that exhausts us. So I had the emotional, physical, spiritual space to fit that in. So it felt really good. I think if Mm. I didn't have that space, it wouldn't have felt good and I wouldn't have done it. Like, you know, I think creating that, the options for yourself in any way you can is beautiful. And that is the power of your business. Like do not let your business be that thing of like, I have to get back to work because I've got a business. No, you have a business so that you don't have to get back to work. Like, like what is the point of it all if it's just fucking up these really massive, Mm. important times of your life, really? So true. Mm. So true. And it's interesting because I'm like, it wasn't probably my schedule was still pretty busy with work stuff and with business stuff up until like this recent like decision that I'm like, yeah, time to be a mum. And it's not since then that I've actually really started to create more time freedom. Cause mm. I'm like, before I was like, I wanted freedom in this, in the sense that like I could choose what I wanted in my life. More so like with people and relationships, but with business, I need a cough. Hold on. <laughs> I don't want to cough in the microphone. With business, it was like, oh, but I want to work. Like, I, yeah. I like working. Like, I really genuinely, and this is all in my human design chart, it's like I want to be of service. Like, I really deeply do. I just don't want to self-sacrifice to do it. That's yeah. my whole mission. That's my life purpose. And, um, yeah, it wasn't until the thought of, like, I'm going to need time and space as a mum that I really started to like the freedom part of business, the freedom based business stuff really started mm. to work. Yeah. And I was like, cause there was a really deep purpose behind it about why I need my time back. Like, yeah. Cause before that it's like, cause I want to work and now there's time, like I'm going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm like, I'd done a lot of travel. I'd done a lot of other things that I'm like, no, I'd rather work now. Mm. Like I, that's just the season of life I was in. Yeah. So I'm like, why do I need more time? Yeah. And like, I I feel similar now, even though like the actual time in which I work is pretty shortened chunks. Like I work probably three days a week, like maybe six to eight hours, like I'll get in there. And I the other times I'm more battling this, like the the intensity of the work days because I'm pumping so much out during that time and I'm so fired up. It's not necessarily like this. I've got to force the workout. It's that I've got so much excitement and energy for what I want to do that I'm, those hours are so packed with me doing like just, yeah, executing on like massive things really quickly all the time. 
And then when I go into, I call them baby days, like on Tuesdays and Fridays I don't work, I'm battling like that, just that flip of the switch between like that intensity and all that masculine energy and all that sort of stuff and then just coming down into like my nurturing, flowy motherhood. Mm. And, and it's such a nice feeling and actually so beautiful on your nervous system to practice that, to move from those two spaces. But it's not always easy. Like sometimes I'm coming off the back of a massive and beautiful and powerful day and then I go into the next day and it's like slow and beautiful in its own way. But like there's all those little triggers of like I'm still so excited to work. Like I want to do these things. But also I know deep down I, I actually don't. Like right now I don't. I, I'm going to get to do them. Just not right now. Like right now I want to just be here with my baby and yeah, focus on that, which is hard. It's hard to be this really fast, aggressive execution person and this really slow person at the same time. But that's what I mean. It's like if you're more a type A, ambitious, growth-orientated woman, mm. you're going to have the urge for both. Yeah, you are. Like it, both can coexist. You, they can coexist and it's such a beautiful life because you genuinely get to have both. And I know I know heaps of women just living in that type A, raising their kids in their type A. Like they're missing, I think, some of that delicious, nurturing surrender that I think probably their bodies are deeply craving as well. Like, you know, every every mother will tell you she wants to rest. And like and rest isn't always like sit on the couch. It's like actually just sit there and play with my kid and listen to them and read a book with them and not be like, oh, this is taking so much time or I've got better things I need to be doing or whatever. Like that's yeah, that's the worst feeling when you feel that. And I think mm-hmm. again, it's like that's where the guilt and stuff can creep in. And you have to be like able to regulate yourself in different ways to be there and be present and not be in the guilt like that's it's like you lose on both on both angles you feel shitty and you're still not being present because you're just in the guilt what do you think of mum guilt do you think it's just learnt behavior I think it's like yeah it's all about us it's not about the kids it's like your worthiness and your good enoughness and all of that sort of stuff like I I make very intentional choices around what I have going on for me and my children. So, like, what for me, I'm like, what is there to feel guilty about? There'll be, like, times where it will creep up when, you know, I am playing with my kid on the ground and then I'm looking at my phone and I'm answering my Instagram DMs because, like, someone asked me to buy something and it's exciting and now I'm, like, off in a little bit of a tangent. And so sometimes I'll catch myself in that but try and really honour, like, these are my two passions and that's okay and I am still here and I'm still present and all I have to do right now is close my phone and get back to it and I think like for for me guilt I see it and people get stuck in it and it's like literally all you have to do is like stop that behavior that you don't like and do the thing you do like or do something about it or like check back in if it's actually relevant like (laughs) Is it deserved and is it appropriate? And I know it can be a lot deeper than that. And if it is, go get some therapy and do some healing. Like, don't just be with it forever. Like, mum guilt is not just a thing you're supposed to live with forever. Like, and I definitely feel like that is the stuff that uses up our capacity. Like, you're exhausted not because your kids are exhausting. You're exhausted because you've been feeling guilty. You've been annoyed all day. You've been overstimulated all day. Like, yeah, all that stuff is what makes us so tired. Mm. I think it's just the skill of being present from what you're saying. Like that's the thing, being present when you're with your baby. 
Mm. But then being present when you're it's work time. Yeah. And that is a skill for sure. And I felt myself having to learn it more is like just being actually in your body and grounding and things like that. And I know, you know, from my work with women that a lot of women don't even have that. They actually aren't super aware of like where their body is in space right in this Mm. moment or, you know, you're in one room and your head's like somewhere totally different thinking a million miles ahead. And I felt that mostly early in motherhood. Like I felt that frazzled kind of feeling of just there was just too much on my plate a lot in the beginning and it just wasn't regulated and I had to really build a bit more capacity to that was you know I had two businesses and baby and that was like a lot a lot to hold but not impossible to hold it was creating more space there to to be able to hold them and that again it was like a skill and a practice and something I had to do and not just accept that that's my life and too bad and work my butt off and be overwhelmed and tired Mm. interesting are you ready to have a baby (laughs) I am like I said this came up for me probably like two months ago yeah and it's quite interesting because when I first moved to Perth I was seeing bees everywhere like bees were landing like on my car every day um, they were landing on me that like fly around me every time like whenever I was outside I would take my laundry in which our balcony is like not really outside like like I can't see outside in our apartment it's it sucks but getting a new place but anyway <laughs> and I would bring my laundry in and I'd be like going to put my tights on and like a bee would fall out of my tights like I was just surround like it was so obvious and um I remember asking one of our mutual friends Mon, I was like does Perth have like a lot of bees and she was like uh, not that I know of, like, I think yeah. it's just a normal amount. And I was like, you don't see them everywhere? And she's like, no. And I was like, okay. So I looked up the meaning of bees and spiritual meaning of bees. And the first thing that came up was fertility. And this Ooh. is like a year and a bit ago. And I was like, no, 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 no. And it was quite interesting because we weren't going to have children in Perth. Mm. We were meant to be here for three to five years. And then when we were ready to have children, we were going to go back to the East Coast to be around family for that time. So we had support and it's quite interesting because in like the last six months we've been like, this is our home. This is exactly where we want to raise our children. Since then I've like most of my friends that I've met here are mums or have just become a mum, like say mom, just become a mum. And like her birth story was so healing for me. There's like lots of like, um, yeah, I've just been surrounded by like women who are yeah, either mums or stepping into motherhood and like I've just loved their journey and it's like oh my gosh like that's how I want to do it and I didn't have an example of that prior mm. um not that any way is right or wrong it just wasn't me yeah and I've had since I've been in Perth like surrounded by the bees I'm like I just know this is where I was meant to become a mum because of the women and like that that village and that sisterhood mm. that I have here I feel like I'll be deeply supported in that transition even more so then maybe I would have if I physically had humans here and like my mom and stuff like that. Yeah. That's but yeah, it's so very interesting. interesting. And then even just last week, I don't think I've ever told you this, um, in one of my wobbles, it was last week or two weeks ago, I had a psychic session. Oh, yeah. And she's, um, I've got two two babies up there waiting for me. Oh, and the first babies. My first spirit baby is a little girl who's going to be very angelic apparently. And... Um, She's with my nan at the moment and my nan told me to be very careful before the wedding if I don't want to be pregnant because <laughs> I'm very fertile. <laughs> oh, so we're just taking all precautions <laughs> and then baby girl will be here. 
apparently. Yeah. You just let her know. You can come, just not like right this second. Just yeah. Hold out. Like, love you, love you, girl, but. <laughs> oh, that's so um, funny. Mama wants a wine. <laughs> On a wedding night. So we have a few more wines and then, and then you can come along. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, we're obviously having those conversations around. We always thought we would have babies quite close together. Like, mm. we thought that would be the thing. Like, we've got the space. I love. Like we've loved kids. We've been so excited about kids the whole time. And now so finally like we're here and we're like actually like partially it's like the business is really booming and I just want more time with it to like really settle into that. But also it's like I just love Remy so much and I'm like I just want to be with you for like a bit longer, just with you. So like nice and yeah, interesting to go through that process because I I think when our fertility journey was like a little bit tricky, we had – uh, we got pregnant right away and then had a miscarriage like quite quickly and then it took us a really long time to get pregnant after that and there was a lot of pressure like a lot to move through as we got through that and it was like a really big important part of my journey that I'm really grateful for but when I actually got pregnant the next time I was so in surrender and it was so beautiful and I really just had all that trust and I didn't have any fear around miscarriage or anything like that that I thought I might carry and then so I sort of thought again when I came up to having another baby I was like oh well surely we'll like start trying early and I think that was coming from that fear place of like it might take ages to get pregnant Mm. and like I don't want to be I don't want to already be desperately wanting one and then stuck in this like trying and trying and trying and now you know it's like I'm I'm I don't actually feel like that like I'm really in that trust and surrender and like I've, I've been through that experience now where it's like oh like my baby came at exactly the right time I don't need to put that pressure on it and it just really feels at the moment like oh, like we're super solid and this part of life is so delicious and fun and I don't want to rush it just like you know just trying to do the thing trying to tick the box trying to have the next baby and it's just like what a lucky little kids just come and come into my like easy cruisy spacious rich little world like what a lucky kid I always joke that that was my miscarriage child and that kid was like no 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 you go first Remy and I'm gonna wait till mum and dad are just like living a little bit easier and there's gonna be like our little nepo baby comes in (laughs) I love that I love that little luxury baby yeah little luxury baby like just just likes the best Hmm. so funny but no it'll get all the (laughs) hand-me-downs sorry kid the luxury is for mum and dad so I don't funny. know about that. Remy got taken to Vietnam, was it recently? And oh, Remy's living to like Bali, island life. Vietnam. Yeah, she is a little island. Like, that, baby. Kid's, that kid's living the dream. I know. She's so like she's such a little holiday baby too. Like she's so stoked every time we're somewhere else. I love it. It's so funny. I think it's just because we're around. Like she just gets to party with mum and dad all day. Like hundred percent. Yeah. And like so much stimulation and growth different smells and colors and people like everyone wants to wave at you she's so good at waving now (laughs) I actually had a um like a six months in advance tarot psychic reading and one of the funniest things came up in it she was like oh in December like you know there's like this childlike energy it might be a child in your life is going through some kind of transition and oh it's just very risky lots of risky play like they're just like really into um freaking you out a little bit and I was like fuck me Remy's gonna be walking and like bouncing off the walls and like jumping from couch to couch and giving me a heart attack and I just thought it was so funny how specific that was (laughs) I was like I'm pretty sure that's what it's gonna be 
we'll await December and see what it brings. But she's like on the cusp of walking and I reckon that's going to be exactly what it is. Just her freaking me out all day, jumping around like a lunatic. Yep. And a manifesto who just wants to do it there. Whatever she wants. Yeah, I'm starting to feel that, dude. Like in <laughs> in her toddler years, that manifesto energy is coming in hot. Yeah. She's a, she got things to do and she don't care what you got on. <laughs> she ain't here to be controlled. No. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Oh, my gosh. In this conversation about motherhood and all the things we get told and all the negative stories and like you touched on the birth stories I like I want to go there I just feel like what we get told about birth is so bloody brutal and I don't know I don't want to say like it's no incorrect like birth is just happening whether we like like it or plan it or whatever or not but I just feel like the way that we our birth system is currently is really brutal and like fucking women up on all kinds of levels Mm -hmm. and I think it's just really underappreciated how major your actual birth and your postpartum is in the scheme of your confidence and your well-being and your safety and your health. And I think we're just told it's just this thing, like you, you're just trying to get a baby out, like that's all it is. So however that happens, it doesn't really matter. I just want a safe baby, like everyone says that shit. But it's like, do we really understand that that process is your coming of motherhood? That process is like your fucking moment to like roar a baby into the world and feel like a powerhouse and know that you can fucking do anything and you can hold yourself through this wild next journey and that is it's your also initiation. it's your initiation and it's this process of like connection with your baby and that impacts your breastfeeding that impacts literally like postnatal depression breastfeeding all those stats are so related to the way that we give birth and just our empowerment in birth not necessarily the way you give birth like I say all this and I know it triggers people. I had a C-section. So I like to bring that up. It's like, I feel like the world gifted me a C-section so I could have this really angry conversation all the time. And if anyone was like triggered by it, I'd be like, bro, I had a C-section. It's fine. <laughs> I understand. But I had such an empowered C-section. Like I planned for like a beautiful natural birth. I also planned if all of these things happened, if things were different, if whatever occurred, like what we would do if in that situation. So I felt really empowered and understood what I was like coming into. And I just spent my whole pregnancy like falling in love with my body, trusting my body, falling in love with birth. Like birth is such a beautiful and cool Mm -hmm. and powerful thing. And like one of the coolest things women ever get to do. And if you Like, please, if you find birth such a scary thing, like go and find the women in your circles that tell you it was the coolest shit they ever did. Because there are women out there telling you that and they had very specific experiences and they went about it in a very specific way and it is available to you if you even let yourself go there. But like 99% of women are just going through a regular birthing process and just getting hijacked by doctors and told what to do and not feeling empowered in the process whatsoever or thinking they made a decision but they weren't given all the choices, whatever it is, and then coming out the other side feeling like, fuck, I really didn't control that situation at all or I didn't really have any power in that situation at all or I felt taken advantage of and, like, I wasn't given my options and then I didn't have the connection with my baby that I wanted and then we did have a tricky breastfeeding journey or then I did have postnatal depression because there's just so much mixed in there and it's so convoluted and so disempowering. And I just want women to like have a way better experience because it is available and it is out there and it's not about like 
you fucked up because you had a C-section. Like it's about did you get to choose that outcome for yourself? Did you get to choose how that went for you? Did you understand all of your choices? Did you understand your options? Like did you feel empowered going through that? And I was so excited for you to have a baby and mm. for me to like overwhelm you with all that information. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we'll, when we go through that, we'll have to do an episode on birth stories. Yeah. And share them so both. Cute. But I was so afraid of birth oh, until I came to Perth and met Mon, Jody, a couple of like friends that I made here that have recently gone through birth and just like their stories, they he- like they heal parts of me that I didn't even know knew needed healing. Mm. Like Mon's story like touched me deeply. Like I was like taken back for a solid couple of weeks listening to her birth story. And I won't share it because it's not my story to share. But I was just like, holy shit. Yeah. (laughs) And just to know that, like, um, yeah, to have that moment of, like, where you feel like you're going to (laughs) die and that that's that's coming and, like, on the other side of that, like, because the maiden can't do it. Mm. So I'm, like, I'm currently in my maiden era. Of course I'm afraid of birth because the maiden in me, she can't deliver the baby. Yeah. And it's, like, there has to be that moment where you feel like you're going to die and you can't do it because that version of you can't and then that's when like that just that little bit over that that threshold the mother just comes in and it's like a second wind this is how it's been described to me it's a second wind of power power and energy where all of a sudden you're just like committed to that baby and you're doing whatever you have to do to get your baby out safely and that it doesn't it's yeah you're not like you're exhausted but you're not like it's like this this Mm. there's something that comes over you yeah. And that's the mother, like, actually being initiated and being, re- like, reborn with you to then look after your child once the child's in the world. Yes. And I'm just, like, that story of that. And I'm, like, like, nearly crying just thinking about it. So cool. I'm just, like, come over me, yeah. mother version. Like, come over me. Yeah, it's like goosebumps. You're like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, like, there's so many parts of, like, um, I, I believe I come from a line of witches, I haven't ever said that to my family because they're not in a client like that, but I believe mum was and I know I've had a past life with mum mm. before and we were witches together and I'm like there's a part of like this like really primal earthy spiritual element of birth and this really magical element of birth that I'm like I feel like I haven't had like a space to fully express or explore that part. Mm. There's something about birth that I'm like, it's going to bring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Even my pregnancy, I felt like that, yeah, it was just this whole different level of spirituality that I got to experience. And and that's the thing, like birth is a spiritual experience. Like however, however it happens for you, my C-section was like in itself, there was lots of like yucky clinical bits, but I was so empowered in that process. And it was like, yeah, just the most beautiful, coolest bloody thing ever. And like, you know, that story that Hannah said is not to say that you don't get initiated into motherhood otherwise, like you do, but you get initiated through whatever decision you make. Maybe it's that moment where you feel like you're going to fucking die and you step up into this new version of you that's like, let's fucking go. Yeah. <laughs> or and whatever way that has to happen for you, but it's that, that yeah. power. or Because it's, it's the empowered decision, right? It's the exactly. power behind the decision yeah. that that's the mother. It's the choice that you make to like protect your baby in whatever way that is. And 
as long as that feels like that choice and that situation that you put yourself in and all that sort of stuff and not like the choice of some doctor or like the choice that you didn't realize you were actually making you just were told this is what's happening now or whatever's going on like yeah that's that is the beautiful power of like coming into your motherhood and yeah we can't be missing that part like and that's the thing is like if you enter motherhood feeling disempowered and feeling already like things they say in this world of like failed to progress like they say that about it taking too long to birth the baby like whose fucking timeline are we on but you can't tell someone entering motherhood that they failed the very first test of motherhood like fuck you bro <laughs> like what a horrendous way to enter that situation and and that's what they're having to do or like you're not progressing well enough or you're not pushing right or you're not pushing hard enough or you're taking too long. Like it's some women already your... didn't like trust their bodies yeah, enough like, or love their bodies enough or have enough issues with their bodies. Let's just add that on to them. And now we're going into the hardest, most challenging, growy portion of our lives ever to like take care of these new kids. And we've just been told we already suck at it. Like we've just been through one of the most intense experiences of our lives and apparently failed at it and weren't able to do it the way that we wanted to do it. And yeah, like how is that just – it's just setting us up on the worst foot and we continue down this path of guilt and shame and not good enough and all that sort of stuff and it's just sad. Do you know what the stats are on like women in in, w, in Australia of women who give birth naturally without – well, even – I think even including just without induction or C-section is only like 33%. Really? Yeah. Like they might still have an epidural. So that includes people still having drugs, but just not like the stats of people having um, C-sections are like really high, even in WA are like 30, 40%, which just when you think about like our physical bodies are designed to birth, like that stat just doesn't add up to me. You know, mm. like most There's going to be cases where it's needed, but yeah. not a third. And I know that when you've had a C-section, you, you have that defense of like, I had to do it. Like it's what I had to do. It was the only choice or like it was the only safe choice. And, you know, like I'm, I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying that stat doesn't add up. There are some C-sections going down that weren't necessary. Mine probably wasn't necessary. I have, my baby was breach but we found out on the day at 41 weeks and the and the birthing place that I was at told me they couldn't support me through that birth to birth a breech baby so again really it's probably a problem of the system that then we had a c-section so that's not a necessary there wasn't actually any danger in my baby there wasn't any danger in anything that was happening but that was that's their go-to your baby's you know, quote unquote, upside down, you have a C-section. That's the end of it. That's not a necessary C-section. And babies come upside down because some of them just want to come into the world that way. Like that's, that's a normal thing. And I also believe like we're going through this journey as a collective where we are going through all of these births that are not empowering us so that we can start undoing this and stepping more into like our motherhood and that power and all that sort of stuff. So if you happen to be someone in that in that plan who had to go through the shitty birth like sending you love but know that it's going to bring us to the better part of the solution i think yeah and so many women are having 
a way better second birth. And I think that's beautiful, but I just think there's so much power in here for us to give women a really beautiful first birth. It doesn't have to be like that, but yeah, that's a hard, hard system out there. Grants my ovaries for sure. <laughs> really? <laughs> Couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah, I'm very frustratedly passionate about that, but um, I know it's such a triggering subject because it fucking sucks when you've been through, like I just can't. I, I saw the whole time through my birth how it, how easily it could have happened and I fought really hard and worked really hard and had such beautiful birth providers, like supporters, that that made that situation easy for me to be empowered and wanted me to have that outcome and understood that's what I was looking for and it just all the everything outside of that looked so easy for me to accidentally just be fear-mongered into different decisions or like the choices weren't available to me and all that sort of stuff so it's just hard out there do your research truly deeply believe in your soul that there are people out there who love birth and birth and motherhood all of it gets to be fun it doesn't have to be so miserable and painful and awful Mm. and just trust the inner mother hey yeah step into that mother power so fun is that enough motherhood Mm. hmm Thanks for thanks for chatting with us guys. We'll see you next potty. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on your social media and tag us on Instagram at Hannah Ann Co and at Best Life Phoebe. And we're so excited to see you next week.